From BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota, this is the Maverick Hockey Live Podcast, presented by Duncan, with your host, Shane Frederick. This is the Maverick Hockey Live Podcast, presented by Duncan. My name is Shane Frederick, I'm your host, and joining me today is Minnesota State Senior Captain Wyatt Ahmet. How you doing today, Wyatt? Good, Freddie. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Nice to see you. Congrats on the big uh, sweep this weekend out at UMass. Uh, that's a great start to the season for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you, when you go on the road that first week and, you know, you never really know what to expect, especially having uh, a lot of new guys. So to go out there and, you know, beat a quality team like that kind of says a lot about our group, especially the way we did that on Sunday. You know, uh, just having that in our back pocket is going to be big for us down the road. You know, going into this next weekend doesn't really matter too much to turn the page on that but just know that you know we can come back from a deficit is going to be good for us down the road there yeah just to recap uh you you won on saturday uh two to nothing and uh got uh dryden mckay his 25th career shutout he's uh one away from uh tying the the national record set by ryan miller at michigan state and then the next day you get down three nothing and you know i know what i was thinking from afar which was you know what split against the national champions on the road to start the season. That's pretty good, but uh, that's not what happened. You guys mounted a furious comeback and, and came back and won to six to three. What a, uh, what a turnaround. What, what sparked that turnaround in your mind? It's a good question. Really? I think uh, (laughs) just kind of our group sticking with it. Um, You know, Nathan Smith was was a good player for us all weekend. He's one of those guys that, you know, has carried a lot of weight for us often. And he did that again this weekend. So to have somebody play the way he did, just create that energy and it's kind of uh you know it's contagious our other lines kind of picked up on that and started playing their game down low and possessing the puck and once we kind of got that spark going i think uh everyone kind of bought into that process and it was it was go time from there so to get, have smitty get that goal at the end of the second was mm-hmm. big time for us going to that locker room with a little spark and some energy and uh coming out and jumping on them early in the third yeah there's a big difference it seems between a, a three goal deficit and a two goal deficit especially when you when you race it in, you know, late in the third period or, or, or excuse me, in the second period and uh, give yourselves a little bit of life, it seems like that's a, a little bit of a spark. Uh, you're no longer thinking uh, that you don't have this and it's not your day and it puts a little doubt in the other team's mind, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. That three goal deficit, you know, is a little bit uh, of a higher mountain climb. So getting that goal at the end of the second was big for us. And People always say a uh, two-goal lead in hockey is the worst lead to have. So <laughs> right. I guess that uh, helped us going into the third there. So like I said, for Smitty to get us on the board, that was big time. And uh, got to tip your hat to him. He had a good weekend for us. Yeah, really, really big weekend. And he was uh, – or CCHA, excuse me. I, I've said this on – this is the third podcast in a row, I think, where I've messed that up to start. So <laughs> that's okay. Uh, but CCHA preseason player of the year. And, and he certainly uh, proved some people right that uh, he, he – he's got a chance to have a really good season and got off to a great start. Uh, I'm sure you guys as a team probably have pretty high expectations for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the thing is with Nathan there, he holds himself to a higher standard than we do. You know, obviously he's one of our buddies and teammates and we want him to succeed, but he's one of those guys that's just so competitive to himself that he always wants the best, um, you know, for the group, but just to make sure he keeps pushing himself and he's never satisfied. It kind of says a lot about his character and where he wants to go with his hockey career. The first game, uh, you guys get the shutout, and I'm sure as a as a defenseman uh, that you get you take even a, a little extra pride in that and, and making sure that your goaltender gets that shutout. What 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 went so well for you guys in that game, especially defensively, 
Uh, I know the third period, UMass made a push, and Dryden was a little bit busier than he was in the first two periods. But uh, you guys uh, seem to be doing some some things right uh, as far as um, playing in your own end and possessing pucks at the other end. Yeah, absolutely. Except uh, UMass made their push in the third. You know, props to them. They they came out hard in the third, then kind of threw everything and put the kitchen sink at us there. And just to have a guy like Dryden McKay back there, kind of our backbone, you know, he has been for three plus years now. So that kind of says a lot about his character. You know, he's never shaky. I've never, you know, after playing with him for three plus years, I've never looked at him and been like, wow, Dryden was nervous, you know, or he's mm-hmm. shaky. Just not who he is. So it's kind of always been a good thing for us. You know, he, like I said, he's been our backbone. So to have him back there and kind of, uh, through the core of our D, you know, our D core, our pack, and in general, it says a lot. But uh, I thought our D core overall had a good weekend. You know, we played seven D both games, and I thought everyone had a good weekend, solid. Um, you know, I have a guy like Tony Malinowski, you know, who might not have got a ton of playing time last year, stepped in and played very well. And mm-hmm. Benton Mass, who his first couple of games with us played very well as well. So obviously happy to see guys like that having some success and uh, obviously helping the team get a big win there. Is that something that you thought of over the course of the offseason, um, that the decor could be really the backbone of the team, especially with having so much experience back? And you bring in a, a guy like uh, Benton Mass, uh, who's got four years of experience. Uh, Malinowski, you mentioned, uh, got his feet wet a little bit last year. But, but you had, you know, a, a real good core coming back, really only loose, losing Reese Molek, and not, not that that's a small loss at all. It's a big loss, but um, having so much experience back, do you feel, did you feel like that could be kind of the, the core of the team a little bit? Yeah, for sure. And like you said, losing a guy like Reese isn't, now, you know, isn't easy. It's, uh, it kind of takes a hit. But I think that just means a little bit more to the rest of our D core. We just kind of knew we had to pick up those pieces that, you know, he might have, uh, we might have been lacking without him. So I think our decor has done a good job of that so far. Everyone had good summers and kind of bought in. We take pride in you know what we do back there as a group, and uh, you know every every good team starts that decor and you know defense wins championships. So like I said, we take pride in what we do back there, and it might not always be the prettiest, but it's honest man's work. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a basement game, is what we like to say. A basement game, blue collar guys. <laughs> When when you look at you know you losing Reese we mentioned uh, he was your captain last year and you've kind of you're filling that role this year you're you're wearing the C um, congratulations on on being named captain was that a surprise to you and and what kind of responsibility do you feel that uh, falls on your shoulders uh, when that happens and as that uh, baton got gets passed uh, from you know one D man to another yeah I thought Reese did a great job last year um, you know obviously. Being a leader isn't always the easiest thing, and Reese handled that very well. And I've had the, <clears throat> I don't know, I'd say the honor of learning from great captains in the past, like Rivera and Coda, Michaelis, Reese. All those guys have taught me a lot. But uh, like Coach O says, uh, you don't have to just because you have a letter doesn't mean those are the only leaders. <clears throat> we have a lot of good leaders in that group, and it, uh, you know, it makes it easier on us three that, it, like I said, it isn't just us leading that squad. You know, it's kind of everyone buying in, pulling that rope together. Other guys like you know Julian and Dryden and Benton, Carol, all those older guys. You know, it's they're they're helping us too. It's not just a three man operation by any means at all, because that's not how how we work. So mm-hmm. it's the whole team buying into that leadership role and uh, just kind of pushing each other every day to get better. And having a couple assistants who are in their fifth year of college hockey is uh, uh, helpful too. With uh, you know Reggie Lutz and, and Jack McNeely, you know wearing the A's on their sweaters. Yeah, absolutely. And like Jack went through it last year, with being mm-hmm. a leader, so that helps too. And no, absolutely great quality guys, two of my good buddies, you know, and obviously good hockey players too. 
So having those guys we can always go to with, you know, problems or if we want to talk or they'll do the same with me. So just having two of your buddies that you can know, kind of go to battle with and know know who they are as a person, as a player, and their personalities helps that uh, system too. So like I said, I can't credit those guys enough for everything they do for our entire group and coming back uh, for that fifth year to take one more stab at it. What's your uh, your projection been like in, in terms of your growth, I guess I should say, uh, you know, when you came in as a freshman to now, um, and you feel like every year you've gotten a little bit more responsibility on your shoulders as a player, uh, going from that first year to now. Yeah. <clears throat> Coming in my freshman year, I, you know, played most games and, uh, I was in the stands for a few, which we expect mm-hmm. obviously, and that's okay. Um, then my sophomore year, I didn't play a ton of games. I was, uh, scratched basically more often than I wasn't, but I think that was the biggest learning experience for myself that I've had here just kind of how to handle that operation, that adversity. And I've learned, you know, had the opportunity to learn from other guys in the past that, you know, no matter what it is, and, uh, you know, you're not good enough or whatever, just what do you got to do to help the team in any way you can? And so my sophomore year, I think I learned a lot in that aspect of it's all about the team, you know, and that's been the biggest thing for me, just show up to the rink every day, leave your baggage at the door, and it's all about the team from there on. So just get your work in, do whatever you can, and, you know, uh, just, like I said, it's all about the team from there on out. So just gotta help anyone else in any way you can and just keep kind of going from there. And so that was a uh, sophomore year was definitely a big learning lesson for me then mm-hmm. just to kind of build off that going into my junior year last year and got, you know, to play a little bit more and like I said, I guess, learn from Reese and some of those other leaders and kind of, you know, just see how they like to do things and, you know, how they treat their bodies and treat themselves like a pro, but more importantly, how they are as people. Like as Coach Hastings always says, we're trying to develop, uh, you know, people before players too. So that's a big thing with why a lot of us choose to come here. So I'm just trying to keep going, put my best foot forward as a person, as a player, and just kind of help this team do whatever we can to win. I mean, it's it's got to be hard. I mean, it's it's pro- it's what you want, but it's also difficult that the competition that, uh, you know, among positions uh, to get into that you know, to be a top six defenseman, uh, to know that, you know, there's other guys who are seven and eight who are clamoring to get in, who might be playing well in practice, who you see playing well in practice, or maybe you thought you were when you were trying to get into the lineup as a sophomore. Um, that competition ultimately makes the team better, but it, it can be a difficult grind to go through it uh, throughout the season. How, how, what, what's the best way to get through it? I mean, do you have people helping you? Do you have your own uh, process that you have to work through when that happens? What, 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 what gets you through it to the other side that you become? Um, Cause it can go either way for, for different guys. It's happened where, you know, you get out of the lineup and um, they rarely, you know, they might not come back to the point where you're a captain now. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's never easy and everyone kind of handles it differently. I think the biggest thing is just kind of putting that ego aside and just knowing that it's for the better for the team. And obviously we all trust Coach Hastings and what he's done with this program. So to kind of buy into that, you know, factor of it that, you know, it's it's always team first here and never, never put yourself first. But just to manage that, you know, obviously having good people around you always helps. You know, there's always those support groups, whether it's family members. you know, siblings, girlfriends, friends, whatever, teammates, it's always good to have that, you know, that, that out for you. Mm-hmm. And everyone's is different. Um, you know, for me, I had those people that I could talk to and kind of help me through that mentally and just, like I said, just go to the rink every day and just put your best foot forward because that's all you can control. So I just try to go through that process of having a positive attitude. And like I said, I learned that from 
other guys in the past, just kind of how they dealt with it. So then now, you know, being an older guy and a leader on this team, I just want to help those guys going mm-hmm. through it because I know it's not easy. Right. And everyone handles it differently. Because obviously, you know, you, you come here and you want to play and you're used to being you know, one of the better players on your team, if not the best player on your team in high school, juniors, AAA. Mm-hmm. So to kind of come and get that and watch a game from the stands isn't always fun. But um, like I said, it's that competitive atmosphere and practice that pushes us all to be better. And at the end of the day, that's why we're here. We all want to be, you know, better players, better people. And I think uh, being a Maverick helps us do that. Was there a moment when things really clicked for you last year, do you think? And, and that where you really felt uh, comfortable or that you've had a, your spot was pretty secure based on the way you were playing or anything like that? I wouldn't say my spot's ever been secured here. Uh, actually, I know that's for sure that it hasn't been. So uh, Still not. Yeah, literally. That's fine. Uh, that's awesome. Just like I said, it's that competitive atmosphere that every day just trying to get better. And uh, last year, I you know, kind of just bought into more of the you know, simplicity defensive game. And, you know, we have players like Akito and mm-hmm. those guys, you know, that like do that offensive game. That's, you know, props to them. They're, they're good at it. They know what they are. And, uh, so just kind of playing to our identity and our role, I thought that kind of helped me maintain a spot in the lineup last year. Blocking shots. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of fun. <laughs> Is it fun? Oh, absolutely. Especially when you do it with your head. <laughs> yeah, the one with your head. And I think it was that the same game or was it a different game where I think you blocked more shots than Dryden had saved? Yeah, it was the same one. Same one. <laughs> it's three that shifts with the one with the head. <laughs> yes, three that shift. Um yeah, maybe maybe we can get a, uh, a clip spliced in here from from that game last year. That that was something. I, I just remember what, looking at the uh, the score sheets after every period and, and counting your blocks and, and counting Dryden's saves and realizing <laughs> that uh, uh, by the end of the game, there's a chance Wyatt Amit might have more block shots than uh, McKay will have saves. And sure enough, I think that was the case. Yeah, it's funny how that works. I don't know why we always think it's a good idea to go way out of our way when we have obviously a very good goaltender and he always <laughs> jokes on with us like you guys play defense i'll play goalie so uh obviously there's a time and a place you know to sacrifice your body and do that but like i said we have a very good goaltender back there so mm-hmm. we don't need to get out of position and do that well there's an expectation too i mean it yeah. seems like coach hastings has talked about that a lot where um getting that buy-in from players to block shots or at least get a stick on, on a shot you not you don't necessarily have to put your head in front of it but get something in front of it or disrupt the play a little bit and and because obviously the fewer pucks that get to Dryden, as many as he's going to save uh with his great numbers uh you know the still a lower chance of, of uh getting scored on yep and like i said it's it's a kind of commitment thing and respecting from the guys because you know at the end of the day let's just be honest you know you, you want to play you know you want to make your peers happy and your teammates happy and it's like i said it's a respect thing so if you see uh you know someone willing to sacrifice their body to you know block that shot for the betterment of the team you know you're going to respect them and you're going to want to build off it so i think we've done a good job of kind of taking that you know the confidence and you know building off a block shot or you know a hit and stuff like that i think i you know we had a great group with the energy mm-hmm. and they like to do that you know past years and this year as well um you know at the end of the last umass game the uh weekend uh dave Celia had a big block at the end there's two nothing game if he doesn't block that one at the point who knows what happens right that gets through so i think a lot of guys are you know earn their respect going through that way like i said sacrificing their body like I said, at the end of the day it's just for the betterment of the group 
Yeah, as much as it was difficult last year to watch a game in an empty arena, um, it was cool, you know, from my standpoint, you know, hadn't having covered the team uh, as long as I have covered the program, you could really hear the bench in an empty arena. And when whether it was you blocking shots or someone blocking shots on a, on a big uh, penalty kill or late in the game to preserve a, a shutout or a, a one goal win to watch the the bench get fired up and excited with, with every block shot um it, it it's kind of a neat thing to see and in just to, you, know, you don't hear it when the crowd's loud when yep. there's 5000 people in there and you you realize how much it actually means to the team uh to try to get that win f- for that reason with the, with that kind of sacrifice um um, cause I know you guys are a lot braver than I am getting in front of some of those shots. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking about this the other day on the bus, um, growing up, going to <clears throat> Duluth games in college, being from the area, I'd always watch, you know, whether it's a goal, a block shot, you know, there's no fans, you know, usually none of their fans are building, just the guys and the coaches, you know, excited about a block shot or a big hit. So I always kind of thought it was funny to see that perspective of it, you know, then be in that, you know, setting and just we got to build our own energy and kind of create our own energy, especially in a way barn that's, you know, either sold out or, you know, we don't have fans there with us. So it's kind of us against the world mentality. So any little victory we can get with the block shot or something like that and kind of create some energy for our group. I think uh, we better do our best and build off it. Sure. Well, you mentioned being from uh, northern Minnesota, you know, from Hermantown. And, and uh, I was thinking about this the other day. There really haven't over over the years been a lot of northern Minnesota players who have made it down to Mankato to play for Minnesota State. Uh, two guys from Hermantown now with you and, and Ryan Sandlin. And uh, I know a lot, of, a lot of the players from that area, don't uh, they don't get too far out of town. <laughs> they go right next door to Duluth or um, maybe the University of Minnesota, maybe elsewhere. Um, you know, being a northern guy, how do you get more northern guys down to southern Minnesota? That's a good question. I think uh, <laughs> Siani and I and Otter sometimes talk about that, you know, who uh, who might be those next guys. But, uh, you know, it's it's obviously a tough decision, you mm-hmm. know, going through that process. And, you know, got to tip your hat to Duluth and Coach Shannon there. You know, that he's built a great program and a lot of my buddies and you know, all mm-hmm. those, a lot of Duluth area guys like to go there and that's, you know, fine, great for them. But I think there's definitely more out there. So I... Uh, I try to mention some comments to some of those younger guys in Hermantown <laughs> when I skate with them in the summer or something. Hey, you know, there's a, there's other things out there as well. Right. So I think uh, just having the success the program's had under Coach Hastings is kind of, you know, leaving a mark in that way and having a p- little bit more of a positive impact and they are, you know, more noticeable. So I think uh, anything we can do to get a couple more of those Hermantown kids down here, I'll uh, be willing to go to bat for those guys any day. A few Iron Rangers too, right? Yeah, Why I, don't not? Mind, I don't mind Iron Rangers either. <laughs> I spent a year on the Iron Range. Uh, yeah, my first year out of college it was at the newspaper there. So a yeah. little soft spot in my heart. I yeah, was, they're uh, special people. They, <laughs> yes, they are. They really are. Um, so, And I'm sure you played pl- plenty of games up there, uh, oh, yeah. you know, in Hibbing and Virginia. And, yeah, a lot of good buddies from all those towns up there. Uh, how did you make the decision to to come to Minnesota State? What what was the biggest factor for you when, when you were making those that real difficult decision in, in life? Yeah, that's uh, obviously a big decision, you know, and it's a it's a good problem to have, you know, when you gotta you know think about those decisions and all that. And obviously, lucky enough to have that, and fortunate enough and thankful to my parents and all, you know, that support group that kind of helped me guide me through that process. But uh, I just think everything about Mankato was too good to pass up. I remember going on my visit with my dad, and he came down. Obviously, it was nice having him down. Lucky he came down and. 
<clears throat> after seeing everything, we were leaving town. He's bringing back to the airport. I was going to fly back to Junior's, and we stopped that holiday in St. Peter. He's like, what do you think? I looked at him, I'm like, I think this is it. Yeah. He's like, I'll just tell you one thing. This is all I'm going to say in the whole process. You'd be stupid if you don't. I was like, <laughs> okay. And then uh, I obviously got back to coach Hastings within the next couple of days. And just between the staff and the history, and I wanted to be a part of something, you know, the the building of a program mm-hmm. like this, I didn't want to go in somewhere and kind of be given something. I think that uh, kind of says a lot about the program here. Just everyone wants more and we're in that building process and kind of going brick by brick and kind of building our foundation, I think mm-hmm. is a special thing to be a part of. And it just kind of says a lot about the character of the guys that are here, chose to come here, you know, kind of the chip on the shoulder. They didn't want to go go somewhere, uh, you know, where everything was given or mm-hmm. something like that. So I think that's been a big part of our success in Mankato is just the type of people that our coaching staff brings in, you know, just kind of wanting more and wanting to be a part of something special, the, the building of it. And, and, and you obviously experienced that last year, getting the first NCAA win, winning the second game, getting to the Frozen Four, uh, you know, that being part of the first team to do those things, is that what you're kind of referring to there and this, this being with that being special? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, that's definitely a special uh, thing for us as the players and the guys, but, you know, it's, it's a bigger thing. I shouldn't say bigger, but, you know, it's obviously important, you know, people like you also that have been, you know, part of Maverick Hockey for so long. I think that's just a stepping stone, you know, and where we want to go with this program, mm-hmm. whether it's the players, you know, the community. It's uh, one thing I'll say I love about Mankato, the community is all involved and in that, you know, everyone's all hands on deck and what can we do? You know, let's let's get Maverick hockey going. So I think that's a cool, special part about being in Mankato, um, you know, just doing step by step like that. But like I said, that's just one step. And obviously we want more and got a little taste of the candy last year. So I think that's been some motivation. Throughout the summer, and you know, as prices got going, you know, it's hard not to look forward. You know, want playoffs right now? You can't look thirty plus games ahead. <laughs> right. But uh, obviously, it's good to get that experience, and that win. You know, but we're back to this year. You know, mm-hmm. we turned the page on that. That's in the past, and we learned our lessons there and took our experiences. But this is all about this year now, and we just want one more stab at it. That's the hard thing too, right? About even last weekend. Uh, it's a great weekend. Uh, but it's the first weekend of October, yep. and uh, now you guys are number one in the country. And uh, I don't know if that puts any more pressure on you, but it certainly puts you guys in a spot where the expectations get raised maybe a bit more, I and mean, they were already high. But it's also you can't rest on it because it's October second and third. That's something that you know, come middle of February, people aren't going to be talking necessarily yeah. about you know what happened at UMass. At, at UMass. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Just being ranked number one, obviously, it's you know nice to be viewed in that manner by other teams and coaches, you know, in the that area. But it doesn't buy us a cup of coffee versus a team like St. Cloud. You know, they have a very good team, a deep group, and you know you got to tip your hat to what they've done and uh, you know respect them coming into our barn. But at the same time, we owe them one from last year, and we've kind of had this one circled on our calendars for a while. So we're excited and ready to get going. Yeah, it's uh, you, you mentioned the Mankato community. You mentioned St. Cloud State. Obviously, that's the that's the series this weekend. Uh, number one versus number two in the country. Um, it's uh, you know you're going to have fans in the barn, which you know there were only a few by the end of the year last year. Um, everything about it points to a lot of excitement. Um, you know how do you how do you kind of approach the weekend without getting too hyped up for it because everyone else around here is i'm sure uh, very excited about um seeing you guys play for the first time this season in person and uh, against a, an opponent like st cloud 
Yeah, exactly. You know, just to get the fans back in the in the building. Like I said, the Maverick fans that have been you know with us for how long. I'm excited for those people to get back in the building. We're excited to have them for sure. But uh, you know, we saw what can happen if we're not really focused. You know, with the UMass having their hanging their banner and all that. But mm-hmm. we just got to maintain our focus. Um, you know, excited to have fans back in the building. And you don't play college hockey to play in front of nobody. Right. You know, that's part of the. Part of the experience and why we all want to play college hockey is playing, you know, in front of the fans and student section, you know, to play for a school. It's, uh, it means a lot to us, so we're excited to have the group back back in the Verizon Center, well, Mayo Health Clinic, I guess, whatever it is. And uh, <laughs> It's been a lot of names, yeah. but we'll, we'll, we'll get it t- right. It's a tongue twister. Mayo Clinic Health one. System mm-hmm. Event Center. Mayo Health Clinic of Mankato <laughs> System Event Center. Uh, yeah, we're excited to get everyone back, though. It's obviously uh, good having those fans back and just to build off those guys, so... The whole team's excited for that. I can tell you that for free. So we're looking forward to getting going. What after last weekend? Where do you think you need to like keep getting better? I mean, I know it's one weekend. You're probably going to answer every area, right? But um, is there areas that you, whether it's personally or team wise, that you feel like, hey, this is we got to work on some things? Yeah, like I said, you know, you can get better in every area for sure. Um, I think. You know, as a group, we got to just get our, you know, I would say consistency up. Just, uh, you know, can't take shifts off, especially against good opponents. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's always going to come back and haunt you. So we got to we gotta work on our consistency of our shifts, whether that's, you know, returners, new guys, whatever. It's, it's us as a group that doesn't, you know, just fall on a single person or a line or a defensive core. Um, so I think that's a whole team team buy-in there, and we know that as a group. So that's one, one thing we want to get better on. Got to stay out of the box, too. Mm-hmm. Obviously, going against a team like St. Cloud, you know, they're coming off a hot power play weekend. So right. we can't be giving them special uh, special team opportunities. So I think that's one couple of areas we're going to focus on going this week and just kind of playing our game, knowing, uh, you know, what makes us successful and staying out of the box. Seems like St. Cloud State always has a good power play. Yeah, especially when they go for seven for ten against St. Thomas, so they're they're coming off a hot weekend, so yeah, we'll, uh, we're looking forward to the challenge of getting up against those guys on the power play and penalty kill. Well, you know, going into the season, you're, um, you know, it's so college hockey is so strange. I brought this up on another podcast that, you know, Saturday was technically the first official day of the season. I know you guys have been practicing before that, and the, it's with some limitations on when coaches can be on the ice with you and how many hours a week they can they can skate with you and that sort of thing and and you're able i mean i know a lot falls on your shoulders as a captain to um make sure everything else is going right when the coaches aren't out there and um but it it does seem like when you get thrown right into the fire where you're playing at umass and then you got st cloud state and then next weekend it will, will be the icebreaker where you're playing providence and then either michigan or or umd uh, and it's such a grind of a schedule. Um, you don't. It's not football where you have training camp and and, and a big um, set of practices that lead up to to the, the start of the season. It's you just jumped right into the fire. <laughs> so is that? It's fun, especially when you sweep. But um, is there difficulties in that, or is it just? Are you able to get enough done? Uh, going into the official start date of October 2nd because um, I'm sure there's things like special teams and that sort of those areas that that all still have to be worked out um, over time yeah, like I said it's definitely difficult um, you know I think more so on the coaches how they view it than us uh, <laughs> you're just playing lot, hockey right? yeah they, they got a lot on their plate you know to kind of get us um, you know whether it's like I said special teams or systematically stuff with having a lot of new guys um, you know so they've been busy 
uh, you know, leading up to that weekend, like I said, with having the limitations on the ice. So whether that was, you know, just, you know, telling leadership group what, you know, they want uh, to get in sort of practice or video sessions or all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there's a lot that goes into leading into a season like that. We've been here for since middle of August, right. you know, and we've all kind of been itching and had that first game circled on our calendar. So it's hard not to uh, kind of get too excited or revved up right away just because, you know, it's a long process leading up to those games and having to start, you know, with those six games before that off weekend. You know, it's definitely a okay, – you're thrown in the fire right away. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, last weekend said a lot about our group just in the early test of kind of how we handled some adversity there. And I think the only thing we can do there is kind of uh, put that in our back pocket and just know – just learn from it just try not to put ourselves in that situation in the future which is obviously easier said than done but uh just look forward to this weekend you know and just take each game by game can't you know skip forward a few or do that so just take it game by game and you know stick to our process and kind of what makes us successful sounds good well hey thanks Wyatt I appreciate you uh joining me today uh fun conversation and uh you know great start to the year and Best of luck this weekend against the Huskies. Thanks, Freddie. Thanks for having me. All right. That's the uh, Maverick Hockey Live podcast presented by Duncan. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. See you next week.